Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 174 of the Get Around Podcast. My name is Jake Adnip, sitting here in the host chair, in the background, coughing. You can hear him. James Cook, joining via FaceTime. How are you, James? Doing all right. Doing Taking a, a cup right now. I was like, start sucking on Matt Halls, and, and let's not have that happen again. Andrew, how are you on this Monday afternoon? I am great. You know, we got, what, a week and a half till we can finally do this back in person? I hope so. I hope so. I know we're going to have to clear that with our boss, and he's probably going to tell us no anyways, but no one has to know, right? I'll just keep I'll just keep introducing it as, oh, joining me via FaceTime, but this time we're in front of each other's face. <laughs> and the audio quality will be a little bit more clear. And hopefully. But, yeah, so it's a, it's another great Monday uh, here at the Get Around. We had a extremely busy weekend with a ton of stuff happen. We guys know how exciting and hectic the spring sports season is. We got through another big week of baseball and soccer. James went out. We talked about some really big games last week with Elk Rapids and the Lake Michigan Conference. Uh, we kind of got to see how that shakes out. There's another one happening today between the Elks and Boyne City, but we will get to that a bit later. There was a lot of happenings in baseball. Had a couple surprise victories from teams that we're going to talk about in the Pulse. Then we're going to get into some records that have been broken. It seems like we have faster and faster kids and better results every week that we go. I feel like they obviously they hopefully only get better and these records can fall again, but we have a few to talk about in the pulse. Another big thing about today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, is we are going to go through our entire girls basketball all region dream teams. We'll go all the way through there. I got published yesterday in the Traverse City Record Eagles Sunday edition. So if you would like to get a physical copy, make sure you go and scoop that now or come on and you know call us, come into the office and we'll be able to get you a, a backup copy. If you would like, we're going to go ahead and do that in the chatter that matters so you guys can find out exactly where everybody landed. We had a bit of an argument for the player of the year, so you guys know who that was on Leland's Olivia Lowe when we did that on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. But now you get to find out where everybody else has fallen in the girls' team, so make sure you stick around for that. We have a great interview with Mancelona Sr., Jaden Alfred, joining us today. Not via FaceTime, but another video method. Actually, it's kind of wild. For the first time during this whole pandemic that we've had guests on, we actually had to go. This is the first guest that didn't have FaceTime. Isn't that wild? So shout well, out. We started Jared. doing FaceTime interviews. Like I remember, yeah, because we I took a screenshot of that and I posted it on Twitter. I'm like, okay, this is behind the scenes, and this was in December. Okay, well, still, we're talking about 30 episodes mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, since we started this. And just that we were like, yo, can we do this on FaceTime? And like everyone's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just you. it's just wild. It's just wild. So. Shout out to Jaden Elephant for being different. You're going to hear about what makes him a little bit different and what helped uh, Mancelona get to that first ever share of a Ski Valley Conference title this year. So stick around for that interview. We'll get into another rendition of the Hall of Fame and into our trifecta where we tell you about the most debaucherous things that we have seen on a golf course. So that's going to be a fun segment all the way at the end. This episode is sponsored by Jimmy John's, where they are freaks about fresh meat, bread, and veggies. They are means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak, yeah. Let's go ahead, gentlemen, put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world, get into the pulse. And I want to start off with a record-breaking performances. Andrew, you were uh, slathered on the desk with some track last week, and you got to see some pretty cool uh, numbers come from some kids last week. Tell us what happened in northern Michigan that uh, really uh, made headlines over the weekend. You know, there was one day, it was like a Tuesday, not really the best weather outside. You know, it's like seems like in Michigan it starts snowing like every single day, and next thing you know it, it's uh, cloudy, and you never really know what you're going to get. Didn't matter, Traverse City Central. Tudor throwers broke school records in the same meet and on this day there was like five other kids across the region that all broke records too leodosma and discus 142 feet two inches that's long and mackenzie borer 44 two in the shot put 
So we've talked about this before. I mean, with Julia Flynn in the, on, the, on the distance running side, but Traverse City Central is a story track program, and you still have athletes breaking records, it seems like, year after year. What do you guys think of that? We said last week, with I think we were talking about Julia Flynn, it ain't got to be easy at a school like that to, to break a school record as successful as they've been, as consistent as they've been good. For a long, long time, uh, breaking a record there is, is definitely a noteworthy accomplishment. Dozma's third in the state across any division for discus. I'm trying to look at shot put right now. Fourth in the shot put, also tied with Mackenzie Bohr with that same mark at 44-2. You can expect these throwers to be downstate this year for the state track meet and probably take home from some hardware, too. I mean, that's got to be cool for the Trojans. Also, Fint Hogan broke three records in the same meet. And Gavin Allen from Buckley, he ran a 10-9. That was hand-timed. Um, the official number is going to be 11-14. But regardless, the official time is still the 25th best time in the state. His 10-9 would have been the fifth best time in the state. Dominic Glue from Traverse City West would be number 25. Then, of course, Hunter Jones from uh, Benzie Central leads the state in the two-mile Gloria Stepanovich just jumped on there and the uh, long jump, 25th best time uh, mark in the state. So we'll see. And Traverse City West is 4 by one Obviously, it's the state best time this week. I mean, things are looking good on the track, and even what the weather might indicate otherwise. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. There's been a lot of good numbers being put up. And, I mean, just at the start of the season, we thought we saw some good stuff. I mean, like I said, usually progression works uh-huh. where uh, – Kids are getting better by the end of the season, so maybe some of these marks will be broken again. So keep a lookout for those, and uh, especially hopefully you can get down to the state meet, break some school, school records there, and like you said, maybe bring back some hardware. Speaking of uh, you know some good performances, I wanted to bring up some baseball performances from last week. I wanted to talk about a couple of the, the districts that got announced last week. They did the district draws uh, for baseball and softball, and you know there's going to be some pretty interesting matchups in the playoffs. Before we get there, I want to talk about a couple of things that we saw last week. I got down to Kingsley on Friday and saw both the baseball and softball teams play East Jordan. Both completely destroyed East Jordan. But the baseball team in particular uh, had a story that really caught my eye. And they went uh, 6-0 and last week. They started the Northwest Conference season. They beat Benzie Central on Tuesday pretty handily. And then on Thursday, they played Division One Traverse City West, which we've talked about on this podcast several times now. Um, and we know exactly how good we've talked about how good the Big North Conference is. Traverse City, they played Traverse City West, and they beat Traverse City West twice. Um, they went out and they beat Traverse. The, the second game, mind you, was a, a three to zero victory, and it was shortened after, in the middle of the fourth inning because of rain. So only only God knows what could have happened after that. But Kingsley stepping up and taking down a school like West twice in a row uh, is is nothing to scoff at. Then they come and they just absolutely destroyed East Jordan. Now this next coming week is when they get into like full fledged conference play. I was just impressed with what they were able to do against the Big North Conference team, especially because, like I said with their district, they got moved up into Division Two for the playoffs this year in baseball. They're Division Three for softball, but Division Two for baseball for the first time in school history, and they're going to be in a district with Cadillac, Petoskey, Gaylord, and Ogama Heights. So literally, that's like half of the Big North Conference that they're going to be playing against, and they just beat TC West, which is what we thought, one of the best teams in the Big North Conference. Yeah, Cadillac definitely probably took note of that score. I can guarantee you that. Isn't that who they played in the first round? Yes, they should be playing Cadillac in the first round. Yeah, so, I mean, Cadillac is probably, uh, oh, okay. All right, we see you. And Cadillac has a couple of good guys there. And, I mean, that's what you, you, 
Petoskey and TC West played on Friday, right after that game, right? And then TC West beat Petoskey. So you're looking at Kingsley possibly moving up into a Division II district for the ter- first time in school history. And their their hardest match might be their first round match against Cadillac. And then they could be on their way to a district title in Division II for the first time in school history. From what I saw out of them, Owen Graves threw a perfect game against East Jordan. The defense did a lot for him, but still, it was a four-inning mercy, perfect game. Uh, and then came out and did just as much with his bat in the second game. Uh, but they had six, seven guys who had multiple hits in each one of those games. There is not, you know, just like a top four guys in Kingsley. I mean, we know about Joe Lewis has been there for four years on varsity. Uh, Owen Graves, once again, he just got picked up. He's going. He just signed for Aquinas to play baseball. He's going to be playing outfield out there. But um, another college-level talent, Bola Tulip, is actually a lot better baseball player than I thought he was going to turn out to be after seeing what he did on the basketball court. But he's smacking the ball as well. So I think Kingsley's somebody really to look out for. Yeah, I mean, they've got just a bunch of depth, too. I mean, you know, Jaden Inthazone, another really good player, uh, you know, from from the football and basketball team or football team um, that's really helping him out in the baseball at Diamond as well. And Brady Harand is another one who, who actually pitched that second game, and he's been good on the baseball Diamond for them as well. So I don't want to talk about them because after them, you know, they go 6-0 last week. They beat TC West, and TC West beats Petoskey. You look around, you go, hmm, they're about to come into the, big Nor- or the Northwest Conference season. I really want to see how – if Kingsley can just – run through this uh, Northwest Conference season into the playoffs. Yeah, it'll be in, the Northwest Conference, I think, will be a, an interesting season this year. You've got, you know, you normally, under, in normal seasons, Frankfurt would be your one of your first teams that you would talk about, but in the last couple of years, they just haven't been nearly as good. And, and then Kingsley has just been coming on. You mm-hmm. know, Glen Lake, I think, will always gonna be, is always going to be right there and solid. So, I mean, Suns Bay, Suns Bay's put up a lot of runs this year, too. I mean, they have... Too. They have, yeah. they have a lot of they have a lot of athletes over there. I mean, Hugh Perryard just has still been turned up on the baseball field as well. I mean, Suns Bay, like we said, has has those athletes, and that'll be a, a big conference to look out for. I mean, even in softball, we know that that conference is is good. Anybody with I mean, Frankfurt is still out there. Buckley's got a brand new team. Okay, yeah, Andrew, you saw Buckley in their first first softball game back, didn't you? Yeah, they looked pretty rough. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> I wonder why. That's what that's what happens when you don't have a program for several years. Um, but I mean, like, look. They're they're celebrating the little victories, like having a team this year, which took what three and a half years to make, and I wrote all about that and my game story there, and I think they scored a couple of runs here and there. So yeah, so the softball won a game the other day against Sutton's Bay. There you go. There you go. There you go. Let, let's go on to soccer real quick, James. James, you got to go out and see that Lake Michigan Conference. Uh, showdown between Charlevoix and Elk Rapids last week. We were, you know, looking to see who was going to take control of that conference. Did one team look like they had the upper hand? I know it ended up in Elk Rapids' favor, but uh, what did you see? First 15 minutes or so of that game was incredibly even. Um, almost maybe even, I would say, Charlevoix had the advantage for that first 15 minutes. But then after that, Elk Rapids just turned things around, and 90% of the rest of the game was played in Charlevoix's half. So I, th- I think... Elk Rapids came out and, and clearly made themselves the favorite in the league, and everybody else is going to have to be chasing them and, and hoping to get some help. Last week you said that you, that you could see them breaking through the Final Four. Did that reiterate it when you saw it in person? You know, I think so, yeah. They've got a, they've got a, a deep team. Like They've got girls that they can put in all kinds of positions. They, they move them around from position to position quite often in the game. You know, it's like they don't necessarily always play midfield. Sometimes they move up to forward or back to defense. Uh, do that quite a bit in, in the game, but you know uh, Georgia Genema in goal is a you know a good athletic goalie back there for him. You know she's she's young, so she's got some things to to work on from that aspect. But that's that's what the regular seat for. 
Um, and, and overall, they're not really that old of a team. I mean, this is a team that can can be around for a couple of seasons because, uh, you know, Lauren Bingham's a sophomore, Jenema's a sophomore. You know, a lot, a lot of this team is is not upperclassmen. I guess we'll have to see where the where the sky is the limit or what what the uh, ceiling of the team is. We'll have plenty of chances at least. I hope so. Come playoff time, I think we'll get to see them a few times. Well, that was the uh, the pulse. All the good happenings from last week. That segment sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. That's going to lead us into our interview with Jaden Alfred, the Mancelona senior, multi multi sport athlete. Jaden Alfred. Let's go ahead and give a listen to that now. The Get Around Podcast is doubly excited to bring back for the second time Mancelona senior Jaden Alfred. Thank you so much for joining us here today, Jaden. Thanks for having me. We're bringing back the senior after he helped lead Mancelona to the first ever Ski Valley conference title in basketball history, and he is dual sporting here in the spring. We'll have plenty to talk about here in just a second, but as our listeners know, we like to get into the Freaky Fast Five, a nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's, just to get to know Jaden a little bit better before we get into the rest of the interview. So first question I have is, do you collect anything at all? I used to collect a lot of shoes, but not, not so much anymore. So have you like sold off the shoe collection, or is the collection still intact? They just got old. I used to wear them. I never kept them nice. Okay, okay. So you, got, you, just, you just got all the shoes, and you weren't one of the ones to like put it up on the wall and be like, this is, just stays there. No, I'd wear it. <laughs> all righty. Aside from necessities, food, water, sleep, stuff like that, what is one thing you could not go a single day without? I probably couldn't go a single day without sports. Okay. That'd be boring, I feel like. If you could pick a state to remove from the United States, which one would you pick? Ohio State. <laughs> just, just Columbus. No, the rest of the state can stay, just Ohio State has to go. <laughs> just Ohio in general. <laughs> Everybody says Ohio. Everybody says Ohio. It's like a recurring thing. Everyone says Ohio. Okay, I, li- I like this new question I just found. If, if, if you came with a warning label, what would it say? Probably something along the lines of, I'll probably mess with them. Probably mess with you. Okay, okay. About it's like, so you're a jokester. Says, don't, don't be easily offended. Warning, please don't be easily offended. Yeah. I'll say, p- warning, we'll put you on a poster. If you could be a superhero, what's your superpower? Probably to read the minds of people. Okay, here, here's, here's one that you, you have to have an answer for. Him. Um, what's your favorite family tradition? It's not necessarily a specific tradition, but probably just having like our family Christmas every year or something like that. Just everybody getting together. It's always pretty fun. Do you love or hate <laughs> roller coasters? Um, I've only been on a few, and I hate them so far. <laughs> okay, not a roller coaster guy. All righty, well, that was the Freaky Fast Five, a nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. Let's go ahead and dive into the rest of the interview with, with Jaden here. Jaden, we've spent quite a considerable amount of time talking about you and the Ironmen on this podcast, especially over the you know this past winter sports season with basketball. Uh, you guys, I believe, finished off with a 10-5 and record, but um, got to you know share a, the Ski Valley Conference Championship for the first time in school history. Um, in your season, senior season, can you just talk about how, how much work it took for you to get to that point uh, to get Mancelona uh, all the way up to a conference title in your senior year? Um, it was a lot, but it, it came kind of easy, honestly, because we were having fun the whole time. Like Every practice was fun. Every game was fun. We were looking forward to it. So it was hard work, but it was easy to get through it. 
I know uh, one of the things that your coaches told me, you know, Coach Sheridan told me was, you know, the 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 work ethic that you have behind your game is really what I think he said think helped change the program and the teammates around you. What is your mindset on and off the court on on working? for, uh, you know, something like a conference championship or just trying to bring Mancelona back to what you wanted it to be? Got to go 100% all the time and try and get everybody else to bring their moods up and go 100% with you. So do you know when they're going to put the uh, the numbers up there on the banner for the conference championship? And, and like, how big of a deal is that going to be for you? Um, it's going to be huge. It's going to be awesome to, like, kind of always be remembered through the school forever. Mm-hmm. But I don't know when they're putting the numbers up for sure. Now, you're like a, a multi-multi-sport athlete here. And coming into the spring season, you're doing baseball and track right now, right? Yeah. Okay, so you're dual sporting here. Is that, have you done dual sports in the spring uh, your whole high school career? No, we actually haven't been allowed to because uh, our baseball coach just wasn't. He was kind of like, you kind you need to be at baseball practice. But track for me was probably going to open up more opportunities, so I just did that. But we got a new coach this year, and he's letting me dual sports, so. Okay. Okay. So, how has that kind of been? I mean, obviously, you've you've gone through the ringer with other sports, but how's that been having to do uh, balance track and baseball in the same season? Um, it's tough. I'm busy every single day, but that's fun too. I didn't realize how much I missed baseball. Yeah, after a whole year off, I'm sure it's been uh, it's been weird. What's it been like getting back on the diamond, and I'm sure kind of shaking some rust off. Yeah, it's it's been fun. I've made a few dumb mistakes that I hit myself for after, but okay, so you have to expound on that. What dumb mistakes are you hitting yourself in the head for this baseball season? Just making stupid throws that are just should be really easy. Just a simple throw from short to first, and I throw it in the dirt or something. Now, how? Okay. Uh, and I've noticed on the track, you've you've won a lot of these events. What What do you think you're be- Do you think you're better in track or than baseball? Or yeah, probably. Yeah. What What made you want to come out for track? Probably. Like, eighth grade year, ninth grade year, I was kind of, like, winning the events and stuff. And then, like, I didn't really, think like, put too much work into it. But then I realized, like, how close I was to, like, the school records and, like, like how close I was to the seniors at the time. And that just made me want to work hard, keep going, see how good I could be. How, how bummed were you when uh, last year was canceled? You had, you guys, I know you had a, a really deep track team that was, you know, had hopes of going to the state finals and, and placing. Yeah, I was pretty upset at last season. Uh, we were really looking forward to, yeah, making some moves at the state meet, hopefully, as a team, at the team state meet. And now, obviously, this year we don't have the same depth. I think we can still do something, but we just don't have the same depth that we did. We've talked to a few athletes who have kind of given us, like, this this hint that the, the fact that last year didn't happen has kind of, like, lit a fire under their butts a little bit more than before. Do you feel like that's the case for you in your senior year? I know obviously in basketball we saw you going all out, but, you know, here you go in two sports and everything like that. How does it feel coming back to a spring season after, you know, not doing this for an entire year? Has it been, like, more energy? You're more focused? Like, it's like, hey, this is our, really our last chance, so we got to make the most of it. What is it for you? Yeah, that's, like, it's kind of like, that. Yeah, the it's my last chance to be here and do something, like, it's got to happen now if it's going to happen. So, now, you, Like you said, you're pretty close to some school records or something like that. What is your end goal for your legacy at Mancelona? Obviously, you're one of the better athletes uh, to ever go through that high school. Um, but after you, know, you look back on your high school career and what you still have a little bit left, what is your goal for your legacy at Mancelona? At first, I didn't really think like 
like I wanted to be remembered, you know, like, I don't know. I wasn't like, oh, I want to be remembered here forever. But now I kind of like, just, I think it'd be cool just to have my name on the record board and like the thousand point banner and stuff like that. So I'm, hopefully I can get a couple records in track this year. Do, do you think uh, that you would be faster in track if you uh, had got a haircut? <laughs> no, I'm not cutting the hair. It's not happening. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> And one thing I was told to ask was, uh, what happened every time they tried to throw you an alley-oop? I don't know. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about your postseason run and what you thought about that matchup with Wyatt and the status in the first round of districts? That was ugly. I don't know. I, we were we were sick. Like, we didn't play very good. Like, I don't know. I think they got a little run on us, and we've never made it like we've never made it past districts so as soon as they started to get a run on us i think everybody just shut down and like this like just kind of thought like this is what happens every year so we'll just settle in and finish the game out because mm-hmm. the, ener- the energy was not near what it was in the, like the second half of that game was not near like any other game that season so how much during the basketball season how much do you practice dunking uh, I didn't really take time to practice. It was just like whenever it happened. Like if we were scrimmaging in practice or like doing drills in practice where I could dunk, then I would. But The real question is, did Coach Sheridan ever get mad at you for dunking? Because I think you're the only person I think we've seen who actually like really dunked in the half court. You know, like where you actually like went up on somebody and was like, yeah, I wasn't just on like a breakaway. Anybody ever get mad at you for dunking? No, no. There would be, I mean, there would be certain drills where he was like finish off two feet, like strong layups, like still keep it, keep us still, like still keep your uh, fundamental game strong and in your pocket, so that way, like when you need it, you still have it. But he, you know, he would never get mad at me. Who's who's the best other dunker that you've seen around in the area aside from yourself? I've seen Finn throw down a couple nice ones, and he can get up there for sure. I also just saw he cleared 6'8 and high jump, so that's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. He just broke that record. He broke a few records over there. I was like, wow. Um, but, I mean, yeah. I mean, you're a freak athlete, and that's one thing I want to talk about is, you know, we've talked about you for the last few years and being a multi-sport athlete. How much has that kind of helped you round out your skills in all the sports that you play? Agility, probably. Like, just foot speed. Just being on my feet, like, reacting to different things. Probably just, it just helped in every sport. Okay. Uh, how do you manage the the dual sport? I mean, do you practice certain days with cert, with baseball and certain days with track, or do you have to, do you do both in one day? How do you how do you work that? Uh, usually, I don't I don't usually make it to a lot of the baseball practices because we practice at the same time. So usually, I'll pra- I'll do track, and then if we get out at a decent time, then I'll run over to baseball. Or if there's a day where the baseball goes a little later or something like that, then I'll go to both of them. One thing I was still very interested in, we know how good of a basketball player you are. How has the recruitment trail been for you? How has it been going? Are you still looking around to play basketball? Or are you still try, have you got any, talked to anybody, any offers, anything like that? What's the future look like for you? Um, I've gotten a small or a couple of small offers, like I mean, D3, stuff like that. So I think I might go play uh, some community college ball for a couple of years and then see what happens after that. Okay, but you're definitely still sticking with basketball as your track, huh? Yeah. Last year you told us that your goal was to play in the GLIAC. You know, is that would that be after Duco, or were you trying to go straight into the GLIAC? Um, I would have loved to go straight in, but I haven't received any offers or really talked to any of the coaches at all. So, do, do hope you, that I get an opportunity after maybe. 
after after averaging 19.6 points and almost 12 rebounds a game, do you feel kind of slighted in that in that aspect? Do you feel like you have something to prove? Kinda, in a way, yeah. But I feel like I also just haven't been seen by the right people yet. So that's why you want to do the community college, just kind of get there and ball out yeah. once you get there. Just like, what what do you hope to get out of your final track season here to help you push into your basketball, your the rest of your basketball career? I'm hoping to, like you said, get a couple records. The end goal is all state and uh, the high jump, and then hopefully the 200. So what 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 is what is your school record at the high jump right now? Six four. Six four, and what what are you what are you currently jumping? Uh, I just jumped six three on a. Friday. Okay, so, Friday. so you're getting close. You're literally inching up there. Yeah. All righty. Jaden, thank you so much for coming back, joining us for the second time on the podcast. It was really great to speak with you after your senior season. We wish you the best of luck on the track and on the baseball diamond here with the Mansell Ironman the rest of the year. Thank you. Another huge thank you to Jaden for joining us here on the podcast. It's been really a pleasure watching him play and seeing what he's been able to do over the last few years and help Mancelona get to where they are today. You know, his coach spoke very, very highly of him and what they were able to do because of uh, his work ethic. So we are really glad to have him on the podcast. That interview sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spent six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. That's going to lead us into the chatter that matters. It's a big, big, big part of our episode today where we're going to reveal the entire all-region girls basketball team. It did run in yesterday's print edition, but for those of you who may not have seen it or wanted to hear more about why and how we decided this, now's your chance. We are going to run through these. We're each going to reveal one team at a time. We had six of our teams for our dream team through our sixth team, and we're going to run through there. And then if you want to go back, make sure you go to our website, record-eagle.com to find the full list and all the photos of these girls and all of their stats if you want to see it in a physical form. You can also, like I said, stop in and get a paper. So let's not waste too much time here, gentlemen. James, you took the lead on this all-region team, so you're going to take the lead in this segment. We already talked about our player of the year being Olivia Lowe here on this podcast. Uh, obviously did great, but you you take it away. Yeah, and then we added uh, two uh, other honors to that this year, which uh, defensive player of the year and freshman of the year. The Defender of the Year we picked as Jessica Robbins from Glen Lake, and the Freshman of the Year is Manton's Lauren Wilder. Um, we'll we'll get to both of them and their stats later on in the team, but we've got those two there for the team. As far as the Dream Team itself, Olivia Lowe from Leland, senior, uh, first team All-State. She averaged a double-double and a half with 18.5 points and 15.2 rebounds a game, which is just video game numbers. Then uh, Greg, Grace Bradford, Glen Lake Junior. She's the only junior on the team, on the uh, dream team. Probably makes her the front runner for next year's Player of the Year. She averaged sixteen points, seven and a half rebounds, three point three assists, and three point two steals from the game. Hit almost fifty percent of her shots and uh, led the Lakers with eighteen three pointers this season. Cadillac's Molly Anderson was last Player of the Year. She's uh, on the dream team again this season. She ran the point for the Vikings this year, which is a little bit of a change in position for her. Uh, averaged 16 points, five boards, and three assists a game, and was second in the Big North Conference in scoring. Charlevoix senior Taylor Petrosky, she faced nearly constant double and even triple teams this season. 
uh, still averaged 18 points, three assists, nine rebounds from the from the guard position, 3.1 steals, and 0.6 blocks a game. And hit 85% from the free throw line this year, which is probably about as good as we got in the in the area. Ellen Bretzky from Benzie Central. She's she's been here on the All Region team before. Uh, she led uh, Benzie team with only other, one other returning player this season to a winning record. She averaged 16.9 points, 9.9 rebounds, three assists, three steals, and 1.4 blocks a game. Um, so I think she was the only player that was in all five categories in the in the leaders that we produced at the end of the season. And her average is even higher in Northwest Conference. It was 18.7. And then our coach is uh, Brad Fisher. You know, led the Eagles to the state championship game. So you don't have to say a whole lot more than that. But I mean, uh, you know, we know what, what he's added to that team. They, he's made them, you know, a deep team. You know, they run that that press that everybody has to worry about. And, and this this was the year they got through to the state championship game. I mean, we've said enough about it, but they lost two of their best players in that stretch to the state championship. They lost um, J.C. Summers and Katie Decker and won enough games to have them come back. And Charlie Boyce. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was, it was almost a no-brainer no for Brad Fisher this year on the Coach of the Year. Moving into the second team, we had the senior from Traverse City West, Megan Lautner. She led the Big North Conference in scoring with 15.3 points per game. We know how competitive that Big North Conference is. She had 15.5 overall for the season, along with six and a half rebounds and a steal every game. Olivia Bellows, the Lake City senior, is joining her on the second team for the first time. We're, we got our Lake City people in here. We, you know, we're uh, expanded out. We made sure we got them included, and look at that. We got a second teamer on uh, Olivia Bellows. She is a Hope College commit. She put up 16.9 points per game, 4.1 rebounds, two and a half assists, and two steals. I think the youngest person so far, and uh, we have a freshman on this this one too, but the youngest person so far would be Traverse City St. Francis's Maggie Napom. She she basically took over as the St. Francis's top scoring option as a sophomore. Had 16.3 points, six rebounds, two assists, and 2.9 steals per game. Another senior on the second team is Frankfurt's Reagan Thor. We know that she had she had an injury last season that she was able to come back from and uh, rebound to get into. The second team, a unanimous All-Northwest Conference selection, put up 15 points, 7 rebounds, and 2 steals per contest. And then our freshman of the year, who James mentioned earlier, made it all the way to our second team, Lauren Wilder from Manton. She stepped right into her older sister, Jane Wilder's position at the point guard spot for Manton and averaged 18 points, 6.1 rebounds, 3.9 assists, and 3.2 steals a game. So, I mean, man, talk about shouldering a load right off top as a freshman there at Manton. So definitely deserving of that Freshman of the Year award. That's a heck of a stat line for a freshman. I mean, just, just right off the bat to do that. I mean, she's she's going to be one of those players that's probably going to hit 1,000 as a junior with that start. Definitely, definitely. I mean, she's, what, our second leading scorer in the area behind Olivia Lowe? Yeah, just about. I think there's another 18. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Bell- and Petrowski, yeah. And Petrosky and but Judy Beldboom from Ellsworth is eighteen point nine. Okay, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, that takes us into the third team, Andrew. Third team, Emma Skierbeck from McBain. She's a junior. She was a really good three point shooter. Fourteen points, four assists, and four and a half rebounds, and two, two and a half seals. You guys saw her play. You said apparently she can hit him from anywhere on the court. Pretty much. Uh, I think when she gets off the bus, she's in range. Yeah, she'll she'll throw them up from all over places, and 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 they go in. You'll get another chance to see her next Glenn year. She's Lynch, only Jessica a junior. Robbins, one on one defender, 
She, our defensive player of the year. I'm scoring, obviously not like a lot, but I mean, it was there. <laughs> 7 points per game, 4.8 rebounds, 3.1 steals, 1.4 blocks, 2.8 assists. I mean, these girls were putting up, winning by like 60 points on average, and she was, she might have only played like the first half of the game. Yeah, and they, and they didn't need her to be the number one scorer. They had plenty of other options. So she was like, okay, I'll just, I'll sit over here and play defense and swat some shots. And she did that on a pretty regular basis. Anyways, JC Summers, second team all state in Division Four. 13 and a half points, five and a half rebounds, two and a half blocks, two and a half steals, helping the Eagles to a Division Four state championship game. And I mean, would you could just you could just tell when she came back for the second on the game, it was a, a different Bel Air team because they were just more comfortable with her on the court. You know, she could Summers can hit three, she can get rebounds. You know, she was one of those do it all players. But even when she wasn't there, she didn't have to be. So, Aaliyah Deal, Trevor City West senior, third league scorer in the Big North Conference at twelve point eight points per game, and the first team All Big North Conference selection, twelve point three points, seven point three rebounds, and two point oh steals. I mean, this team beat Cadillac, and she was right there in it. Judy Valboom, another player I saw play this year, putting up big numbers all season long, 18.9 points per game, eight rebounds, four steals, three assists, honorable mention all state. I mean, she was a mismatch anywhere, anytime she was on the court. The problem was when she was in foul trouble in that game against Gillard St. Mary, of course, when they had six players. Leading off the fourth team is Maddie Bradford, uh, another Glen Lake entrant here, the sophomore. Just added even another dimension to that Lakers lineup. She averaged 10.1 points, four rebounds, 1.4 steals, shot 46% on three-pointers this season, which had to have been, I think, the leader for all the girls in the area. Peyton Carlson, senior from Traverse City Central. She averaged 9.2 points, 5.4 rebounds, shot 42% from the field, finished fifth in the Big North Conference in scoring. Lake Leonard St. Mary Jr., Emily Grant, she led the Eagles uh, like all season long. She averaged, by the end of the season, 13.2 points, 7.5 boards, almost three steals, and a little over a block a game. Gaylord freshman Avery Parker, our, our, one of our guests this last week, uh, Led the Blue Devils with 11 points and five rebounds a game as a freshman, shooting 52% from the field, and uh, she finished fourth in the Big North Conference in scoring. Gloria Stepanovich from uh, Benzie Central, sophomore. I mean, she's the, I think, the heir apparent to, to Bretzky at Benzie. Uh, really came on this season as a sophomore, averaged 12 points, nine rebounds, and over two blocks a game. Yeah, she definitely was that second punch for Benzie uh, this season. And uh, we saw her, I think, every single game that Benzie played, you saw Gloria Stepanovich in the stat line uh, doing something. Whether it was getting 10 rebounds and only scoring four points or scoring 22 points, she had those games like that too. Moving into the fifth team, that is where we get into another freshman with Ellie Sexton from Brethren. She was number three in our freshman of the year voting, and it's easy to see why, but she averaged a double-double this season with 10.8 points, 11.2 rebounds, almost two blocks at 1.9, and one and a half steals a game. She was honorable mention All-State as a freshman at Brethren, which is nothing to scoff at, so definitely somebody we're going to be looking out for over the next three years. Joining her, Jordan Disbro, the senior from Kalkaska. She averaged 18 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 steals for the, the for the Blazers. The Blazers didn't have the best season, so, uh, you know, she wasn't getting talked about even by, much by us this season, but she needs to get that respect, get that fifth that 15 nod here uh, with her 18 points a game. That's, a, once again, way up there. Uh, the Ellsworth senior, 
Alexis Danforth. She was one of only three area players to average a double-double, along with Olivia Lowe and Ellie Sexton here on the fifth team. She had 13.4 points and 10.6 rebounds out there for the Lancers. I mean, I want to add something on her. She is tall. I mean, like you guys talked about Gwen Lake's height. She is tall. Like, there is something in the water in Ellsworth, like, with two six four guys and your Jaeger Griswold and Braden Stein like, but that was it was that was just fun to watch her watch watch her play. A couple more seniors joining her on the fifth team would be Kinsey Jeffers from Gaylord St. Mary. She was the floor general for the Snowbirds. Uh, had some injuries here and there throughout her career, including this season, but she still had twelve point four points, four point two assists, and four steals a game. Four steals a game, man. Talk about some pesky hands on Kinsey Jeffers there at Gaylord St. Mary. Yeah, she's she's one of the fastest players around here. I think uh, just I mean she can fly both on defense and with the ball in her hand at point guard. And didn't she, didn't she have shoulder injuries this year? Collarbone. Collarbone. Okay, so it wasn't anything with her legs. So she'll still be able to keep that speed. It was her collarbone that she had some injuries with this year. Um, rounding out our fifth team, which it's it's so hard even thinking that this girl is a fifth team member. Uh, the senior from Glen Lake, Grace Fosmore, obviously was a big difference maker for them. Three-year starter, averaged 7.5 points, 5.6 rebounds, 2.8 steals, and 2.1 assists. Uh, was first team in all Northwest Conference and. I mean, if you saw whatever Glen Lake was able to do, Grace Fosmore had to be there to do it. So they're definitely going to miss her. She's one of those seniors, those rare seniors on that team who are departing for next season. So they are definitely going to miss Grace Fosmore. I guess that brings us to our sixth team. That's going to lead off with Kenzie Bromley from Petoskey. I think they were the first one to knock off uh, Marquette this year in girls basketball. Um, Young Petoskey team has a bright future ahead with Bromley, the sophomore, Three of their uh, the four guy sisters. Bromley had seven point eight points per game, five rebounds, earned second team All Big North Conference. Tara Mayday from Johannesburg Lewiston, senior, spread out scoring. You know, scoring scoring was spread out fairly even between Mayday, Kennedy Johnson, and Sydney Townsend, but and Jaden Marlott. But Mayday still averaged twelve point four points per game, five point eight rebounds, and one point one blocks. We're going to go to Lexi Abraham from Mesick. Led a Bulldogs team that started 1-5 and five, but rebounded to finish 7-7. Seven and seven. She had 12, point, 12 points a game, 6.5 rebounds, 2.5 blocks, and 1.5 steals. Another Cardinal. And Kennedy Johnson from Joburg. And the senior put up t- averages of 12.2 points, 9 eight rebounds, 1.8 steals, and 0.9 blocks on a team that went 10-2. and two. Like we said, Sprout scoring quite a bit. Closing out with Megan Bennett from McBain Northern Michigan Christian. The junior led the comments to an 11-4 record after a 1-2 start. They were in the regional semifinals with uh, Bel Air. She was one of those three girls that fouled out towards the end of the game. Bennett had 11.7 points, 6.9 rebounds, 2.1 blocks, 1.1 steals, shooting 49.3% from the field. She was also a little tall, and she got fouled quite a bit, so... Now, what is that? Like I said, with 30-something girls on our – yes, 30 girls and Brad Fisher on our all-region dream teams for dream team through 16. Very, very deserving. Obviously, this is always tough. There's probably another 30 girls who got honorable mention. Uh, we're not going to run through all of those girls here because, as you know, we are a podcast and there's time constraints. And we want you to go read our print product anyways. So make sure you go check us out at the Record Eagle. Uh, record-eagle.com or pick up that Sunday edition of the newspaper that just came out and keep a lookout over the next couple of Sundays. I know we've said this a couple of times, but we are still going to be having all region teams come out. 
So we got. So we still have four left. We still have four left to take care of. So make sure that you keep a lookout in the Sunday editions of the Record Eagle for those all-region teams over the next few weeks. Let's go ahead and get into our next rendition of the Get Around Hall of Fame, where we put one more athlete into the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan. Better than any records broken. You got to do something big to get into the Get Around Hall of Fame. So let's go ahead and put up each one of our candidates and let you know why we think they should be this week's entrant for the Hall of Fame. Andrew, I know you were uh, pretty adamant on who you were going to take. Who are you putting up in the Hall of Fame this week? Well, I talked about in the post, Gavin Allen from Buckley, um, that 10-9 hand time. He also he also took down a fifty year school record for there for uh, for Buckley. So that's a long time standing. That's a long time standing. You you kind of convinced me when we were talking earlier, and after looking at everything from last week, I had to put up Glenn Lakes, senior Finn Hogan. You we already know that he's going to play wide receiver, what it looks like wide receiver, possibly tight end at Central Michigan University uh, next year. But so we know he's one heck of an athlete, but breaking three school records in a single meet for Glenn Lake. Yeah, so so Hogan broke three school records. He broke the high jump record with a six foot eight jump. He broke the four hundred meter record with a time of fifty one point one seconds, and the two hundred meter record with a time of twenty two point six seconds. So, yeah, that's a lot for one day. <laughs> what about you, James? <laughs> Who are you putting up? Uh, I'm gonna throw out a baseball player. Um, I don't think we've had any baseball players put up for like like a week or two. So I'm, I'm gonna get somebody in there. Uh, Jake Griffiths from Bear Lake in an eleven to one win over Pentwater. He pitched the game. Uh, six innings allowed four hits, one earned run, struck out 13, and then at the plate went three for three with a home run, six RBIs, two runs, a double, and two stolen bases. That's another that, – that's a lot for a day. <laughs> yeah, he went three for three. So one of the at-bats is a home run. One of them is a double. That means that the at-bat that he got a single is probably when he got his two stolen bases on. That's just called production right there. All right, gentlemen, we're putting it up for a vote per use. We each get a vote. How's it going to go today? I'm going to stick with Alan. I'll go, I'll go with uh, Finn. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to have to yeah. go with Finn Hogan, too. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with that. I mean, what were we going to say about it, James? Oh, I mean, just three school records in the same meet is ridiculous. Right? <laughs> you can only compete in four events. Yeah. Three quarters. <laughs> You were the best in state in your school's history. Yeah, in three events on the same day. So that's uh, that's quite the thing. So Finn Hogan... Congratulations, you are the latest member to get inducted into the Get Around Hall of Fame, which, as you now know as you've entered, it is the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan. That was such an arduous voting process. It's so exclusive. So congratulations to Glenn Lakes, Finn Hogan, and the Central Michigan football recruit. That segment is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. So let's get into the trifecta, our final segment of the day, where we talk about the most debaucherous things we've seen on a golf course. And by debaucherous, it's up to you by what you may go with. It doesn't have to do, um, you know, anything terrible. But I'll just bring up what I saw this weekend. And it's not it's, – it's, it's, you can't really blame somebody for this because I think we made fun of Andrew for the same thing. But, like, the first time you step on a golf course and you don't know, like, golf course etiquette, right, or, like, how to actually technically, like, play golf as, like, a, a part of the golf community is some of the cringiest things that you ever have to watch. Uh, so like, for example, like I remember Andrew used to be really, really bad about walking in everybody's putt lines, he was like walking around the pole, just like circling the hole, like a shark and just like walking around the hole while everybody was trying to putt. But, uh, so we went out for a friend's birthday this past weekend and I'm not going to name names, but a friend's fiance, it was her first time actually like golfing a full, 
full nine holes. She had came out with us a couple of times, but she was just like drinking on the cart, like brought snacks and like was just like hanging with us and like maybe hit the ball twice. So like it was like, oh, but no, never expect anything. But she actually had another girl with her so she could use some, you know, uh, proper size clubs. So she golfed for the first time. Like I'm not kidding you. Not of course it's the, the little things like walking walking over the lines or like talking in a backswing or anything like that, but she actually drove the golf cart right across the tee box like not even just like straight horizontal in like a one straight line it was like a diagonal line, so it was like a solid chunk of the tee box got you know like tire marks across them. And it was just like, oh, God, like, it's one thing you never do. And the only person I've ever seen do something like that is the videos I've seen of Donald Trump on his own golf courses where he, like, drives a golf cart onto the green. Like, that's like if I saw somebody drive a golf cart on the green, I would just be like, what are you doing? So isn't it okay to drive the cart on the tee box, though? Like, never, if it's... never, never. Like, if you're in a tight area and you're trying to just get around it? You should never, you should never be in a tight enough area that you have to drive across the tee box. There should be a cart path next to that tee box. Cart next to the tee box. <laughs> like it should be a right nice there. Built for you to drive on, right next to the tee box. <laughs> I know the big no-no is the the green, but that, that they're both big no-nos. You don't do either one of those things. <laughs> That's the thing. There's a lot of big no-nos in golf. Is there? <laughs> I guess I'll let you guys take it away to see what else you guys have seen. But that was I was just I was flabbergasted. That's the way I'll put it because I was just like, man, I've been golfing for like ten years. I ain't never seen somebody pull something like that. Yeah, I remember golfing one time. And I can't remember what course it was, but there was this, I'm going to guess probably like bachelor party or something that was a group or two behind us or ahead of us or something. And the, the course wound back and forth kind of. So they were just loud and obnoxious. And every time anybody, I think they were playing a scramble so they were getting like pars all over the place probably. And every time anybody hit a par, they were just like celebrating they had just won the masters and that usually happened like during your backswing it seemed to always be like that yeah. i remember once i was young though that we did the old uh we uh jousted with the uh, golf carts <laughs> i've seen a lot of people like videos of people like jumping off of golf carts into like ponds and stuff like that and it's like oh man I, yeah i, I could get I did a... <laughs> up so fast on the golf cart one time that uh brendan jumped on the back and uh, and he flew off. Could like circle back and get him. And... Uh, there was there was one time uh, I was actually golfing with uh, I think it was Blake, and he was like leaning forward, kind of like in the cart to like tie his shoe or something like that. And, like I hit the brake really hard, and he literally did like a full roll somersault out of the side of the cart because he was already bent over into like a ball. He did like a full roll somersault out of the car. It wasn't on purpose or anything like that, but it, he just was not hanging on, and he just went completely out the cart. It was actually really funny. <laughs> What about you, Andrew? You've only been golfing for a year, but what's the worst thing that you've seen somebody do on a golf course? I went to Wisconsin, Burlington, Wisconsin, hometown of Tony Romo. So this is the golf course he probably has golfed on a few t- I know he's golfed on it a few times because he played in the racing uh, Tri-County Open, and it goes through there. Anyways, we is like 9 in the morning, and like it's a pretty well-known course in the area. Everyone's out on a golf course. They're way overbooked, and there's so many people on. Like, there's three carts to a hole, and we're all stacked up. And get to the one, and you know the what's the you know like you're always questioning like what's the point where I can hit, and my drive will for sure not hit someone. So for you, it's when, this when they're on the ladies' tees. Well, yeah, like when I'm driving a hundred yards, I'm like I can always hit. I can always 
I will never in any chance get this ball anywhere close to the next group up. Well, apparently this time I got it like I had like a 270 yard drive and it actually went past. I think it went past the group or pretty darn close to him. And the next group up, he throws up his hands and he's just like, dude, really? Like, why did you have to do that? So I'm the most tumultuous thing was actually something I did. So. Yeah, Blake actually hit a house this past weekend. Oh, yeah. I did that too. Oh. No, but it was it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Blake, it was so funny, dude. He hit like a he hit like a nine iron. And I was just like, man, that was a great shot. And he started, <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that, that's always a good time. I uh, I I just I've seen some crazy things, but I've never seen anything like that. We'll leave it at that. Uh, don't forget to share this podcast. Like it. Interact with it. Give us a gif. Make us laugh. Say something. Say something funny about the episode. I don't know. Just interact with us, and you'll be uh, entered in to win some free Jimmy John subs. We're banking up a few of the uh, the last couple episodes of entries because we are still waiting on some more coupons from our sponsor. But uh, those will be in the mail. So continue to share, and we will make sure that we get you entered in to win a couple of free Jimmy John subs. Make sure you follow Andrew at by Andrew R. Make sure you follow James at James Cook fourteen, and of course, make sure you follow me. Your hostess with the mostest at Jake Adnip. Everywhere that you can find me. Thank you for listening to episode 174 of the Get Around Podcast. Come back next week for episode 175. We'll review some more all-region teams and uh, celebrate our centennial, sesquicentennial, the 175th episode. We'll see you then. <laughs>